April and I are in, in during are involved in an interesting uh, time in our life. Uh, Parker is almost 17 years old. He'll be 17 in October, and he is learning to drive, uh, which is scary. He got his license. He's got his learners, of course, at 15 and six months, and he began to learn how to drive. And then he had his accident and with his, broke his leg and couldn't drive for uh, about a year. And so he's, he's a little behind, but he's, he's getting there, and he's almost got his license. And he's a lot better now, but when he first started driving, I honestly thought I was going to die with him. Uh, he, was, he was terrible. I mean, he's still not great. Uh, he, we, we, have, we got him a Jeep Cherokee, and if you look at it in the parking lot, it, the fender on the passenger side is dented because he backed into it with April's van. Uh, because he didn't see it next to him. How do you bark pack back into a car that's next to you? I don't know how he pulled that off. But Andy's like, well, you never told me how to back up. I'm like, <sighs> Rabbit trail anyway. When he first started driving, he had a, a problem that a lot of new-time drivers have. He, he would spend too much time paying attention to everything but the road. Uh, he was obsessed with his speed. And so he'd see a speed limit sign that said 35 miles an hour, and he would stare at his speedometer to make sure he was going 35 miles an hour without looking at the road, which is a bad thing. He'd look at the rearview mirror for too long instead of just glancing at it and looking back. And so he would take his eyes off the road to look at all these things. And whenever he did that, he started to swerve off the road. He would start to go in the direction that he was looking instead of staying on the road. And so that's a tendency that a lot of drivers, especially new drivers, have. You tend to drift in the direction of where your attention is while driving. Now, for the past four weeks, we've been studying through the book of Proverbs in a series we've called The Path. And if you've been paying attention, you will know the truth that we have seen every single week. And the truth is this. Your direction, not your intentions, not your hopes and your dreams, not what you wish would happen, but your direction determines your destination. That's true in the car. If you go south on 81, you're going to end up in Tennessee. Why? Because that's the direction you're pointed. But that's true in every area of our life as well. The direction you're going in your marriage will determine how your marriage ends up. The direction you're going in your finances will determine what your financial situation is when you get older. The direction you're going in your health will determine your health for years to come. The direction you go determines the destination you end up at. And many of us, we understand that, but too many people, they are heading in a direction that goes somewhere they don't want to go they don't want to end up, they're hoping to end up at a happy marriage over 60 or 70 years like some of us, some of the folks here have. They're hoping to end up at, at children that love the Lord and that serve in church and that, that, are, that are respectful and good citizens. They're, they're hoping to end up financially secure with the retirement plan and, and, and money to do whatever they want to do when they get to their old age. They're hoping for those destinations, but the direction they're heading in is, is going and taking them somewhere else and they don't realize it. They're heading towards an early divorce. They're heading towards kids that once they get out of the house, never go back to church again. They're headed towards financial indebtedness the rest of their life and hoping Social Security is around long enough to take care of them. They're headed somewhere they don't intend to go because your direction 
determines your destination. So since that's the case, we need to be very careful that we understand and realize what direction that we're going towards. Because there's another something, there's another truth we want to understand this morning, and this is this. What gets your attention determines your direction and therefore determines your destination. What gets your attention on the path of life determines your direction and ultimately your destination because we tend to go towards the things that grab our attention. And the things in life that get our attention determine our direction. So how do we, what do we do? We, we need to make sure that whatever path we're on in life, financially, spiritually, relationally, physically, that we keep our eyes on the road and everything will be fine. Sounds simple, doesn't it? Problem is, there's a whole lot of distractions out there. There's a lot of things on the path of life that grab our attention. We, you probably, you know, we all have things that grab our attention. You are probably driving a car that grabs your attention. Sure, you needed a car. And sure, you, you, know, you just needed something to get you from point A to point B. But when you started looking for a car, there was that one that grabbed your attention, so you, you bought it. I had one grab my attention this week, a 1965 Shelby Mustang convertible. I asked April if I could have it, and she said no, mainly because it's $28,000, and secondly, because it's a two-seater. And I, she, she said, where are you going to put the kids? That's the point, babe. Kids can't go in there. So that's my dream car. I'd love, man, one day, probably not, but that's, if I can afford that car, it grabs my attention. I want that car. You're, you're probably living in a house that grabs your attention. Sure, I'm sure it's the house you could afford, and it was in your budget, and it was nice, but you, you purchased that house because it grabs your attention. I hope you are married to someone who grabs your attention. You're working at a place that grabs your attention. The reason you're driving whatever you're driving or living in whatever you're living in and married to whoever you're married to is because they grabbed your attention. And as soon as they grabbed your attention, it changed your direction. That's because attention determines direction. And that's not always a bad thing. When I was in high school, I had a plan set out for my life. And spoiler alert, this wasn't in it. This was nowhere in my 10-year, 20-year, or 50-year plan. This was nowhere to be seen. My plan when I graduated high school was I was going to go to a college in Philadelphia. Uh, I was going to major in education and history. I wanted to be a history teacher when I, when I graduated. And I chose this college for a couple reasons. One, because it had a strong uh, drama department. I was in drama, too. It had a strong education department. Uh, it had a wonderful program where uh, if you were in the education department, your senior year, you would spend six months teaching in inner city schools in Philadelphia. Then you would spend six months teaching abroad. You would teach in either Ireland or Australia. And so wonderful opportunities, great education. Another reason I chose that school, it was 80% female. So I figured the odds were in my favor there. And uh, just being honest, I was an 18-year-old guy. That's what we do. And so my plan was I'm going to go to college in Philadelphia I'm going to get a good education. I'm going to become a teacher. I'm going to have incredible experiences. My senior year, go spend six months in inner city schools, and then go six months abroad and have a, have a great time and then come back with, with a diploma and an education and experience. And I was going to become a history teacher and spend my life teaching. But something happened. 
something grabbed my attention. It was April. She grabbed my attention. And when she grabbed my attention, suddenly the direction I was headed didn't, didn't seem so good. Suddenly Philadelphia didn't, didn't seem like a, a great idea. Suddenly going to Australia didn't seem like a great idea. Suddenly leaving home for four years didn't seem like a great idea because I had a destination in mind. I had a path I was walking on, but she grabbed my attention and suddenly my life started to drift. Now, I believe I made the right choice. I believe I did exactly what I should have done and I chose the path that God had for my life. She's the reason uh, that, I'm, that I'm, I'm saved this morning because she, when, you know, we started dating or when I tried to date her, she said, despite the fact that I was, you know, just stunningly handsome and rugged, she said she couldn't date me because she didn't date people who weren't Christian. And she had a boyfriend too, but I got rid of him. Uh, no big deal. But she wouldn't date me. So, you know, so she's like, you want to date me, you got to go to church with me. So I had to go to church with her. And I even, I remember, I even, I even faked the prayer. Like, Lord, save me. Okay, I'm saved. You want to date now? And she, she could see right through that. And so it took a while, but after going to church with her several times, I finally understood that I was in need of salvation, that I was headed to hell, and I needed Jesus Christ's payment, his death, burial, and resurrection to, to save me from my sin, and so I accepted him as my Savior. Why? Because she grabbed my attention, and it altered my direction. Because the direction I was headed, I, had no, I didn't go to church. I didn't care about God. I didn't believe in God. But something grabbed my attention and altered my path. So we've all had moments like that in our life where we're going down a path that we choose, we're going down a path we think we want, and then all of a sudden, whoa, what's that over there? Something grabs our attention and suddenly we start going down a new path. And when it happens, it's a powerful thing. Veering out of my lane towards April's lane was my example of this. But let's face it, in every principle, these, the, these truths can work for us or against us. We all have times in our life where our attention was grabbed by something good. We're like, man, I'm glad I chose that path instead of this one. But there's also events or opportunities in the past that we've, something's grabbed our attention and we went that way and it ended up for the worst. We ended up hurting ourselves or hurting others around us, people that we wish we never would have met. Maybe there's relationships you wish you'd have never gotten involved in. Maybe there's phone numbers you wish you never would have called. Business opportunities you wish you never would have taken because life was better, but then something grabbed your attention and it got worse. Often the path you were on before those things came along was the path that you should have stayed on, but you didn't because something grabbed your attention, it altered your direction, and it changed your path. What grabs our attention influences our direction and direction determines your destination. Attention, direction, destination. That's the principle of the path, and that's how life goes. So Solomon teaches about this in Proverbs chapter 4, starting at verse number 24. Let's read this morning. He says, Put away from thee a
So as we continue looking at the principle of the path uh, of our life, as let's see how we can make sure that we are paying attention to the things we need to so we end up where we want to end up in our life. So here's what we want to look at this morning. First truth we want to see is you can choose what you give your attention to. You can choose Scarlet, and she is the greatest dog in the world. She's the only dog who will end up in heaven. You know, I, I know you all love your dogs, and that's great, but they're not. Her, you know, Scarlet's going with me, though. But she is genetically bred to have her attention diverted by a squirrel or a chipmunk or a peanut butter sandwich. She can be out in the backyard, and she can be just laying down, doing nothing, sleeping. All of a sudden, she sees a squirrel in the corner, and she's up, and she's at it. She can be in our room, sleeping on the foot of our bed, and all I have to say is, squirrel, and she's out. She, she, I don't know where she thinks a squirrel's in the house. But, you know, she's got a plan. She's doing something. She's resting. She's playing. But as soon as a squirrel or anything, boom, she's got to go take care of it. As soon as someone starts eating food, boom, she's got to be right there begging for food. Because those things take her attention. She, it's like she doesn't have a choice. She has to do it. But unlike our dogs... We have a choice. We can choose what we give our attention to. We are not ruled by the things that grab our attention. Look at verse number 46, verse 26 again. He says, ponder the path. It means to make a choice. We have a choice about what we give our attention to, which means we can use this principle of the path for our benefit. If direction determines, if direction determines destination and we can choose what gets our attention, then we can make sure we are headed in the right direction. Emotion is what f- typically fuels the things that get our attention. But intentionality fuels our decision to give certain things. Our attention. The things we choose to give our attention to are generally better for us and better for the directions of our life. You know, I'm sure that there are things that you wish you'd have given more attention to. Maybe you wish earlier on in life you'd have given more attention to your health. Maybe you wish you'd have given more attention to your grades. You wish you had paid more attention to how you handled your money or wish you'd have given more attention to your marriage or wish you'd have given paid more attention to what you allowed to influence your kids. Maybe you wish you'd given more attention to your walk with God at certain times in your life. Your life would be better. Your life would be richer. Your life would be more joyful if your attention hadn't been hijacked by things that you shouldn't have been focused on in the first place. And so the things you give attention to will influence the direction and the destination of not just you, but everyone in your circle of influence. If a husband and a father chooses to give his attention to pornography instead of his spouse or his children, or decides to give his attention to another woman, it's not just his destination that's altered. The entire family's altered. The entire family has changed. If a mom, she decides to give her attention to 
looking as best as she can on Instagram or Facebook or give her attention to her job or her career, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but give her attention to another man instead of her family and her children and, and her relationship with her husband. If she chooses to give attention to these other things instead of the things God has given her to give attention to, then her family's destination has changed forever. Now, we understand that. It makes sense to us, but why are we so easily distracted? Why do we, why do we all seem to have... ADD when it comes to this principle, where just any shiny little thing can grab our attention and get our life completely off course. Remember when you were a kid? I'm sure all of us did this. You're in school, your teacher's up there teaching, and you know, it's, it's you know, how many of y'all, the things you learn in school, you don't use anymore. You know, and I remember when I was in, in, in high school, I was taking algebra and trigonometry, and, and, you know, I'm trying to learn these things. I'm like, when am I ever going to use this? And the teacher's like, you'll use this every day in your life, and you better be careful to learn it now because you're never, there's never, you're never going to have a calculator on you all the time. I want to bet. I can just tell Siri to give me the answer to anything. But you know what I use most of the math I learned in high school to figure out? How to tip my waitress. That's it. What about your taxes? I have a program for that. But while you're in school and there are teachers droning on and you just you start to drift, start to daydream, start to look out a window, what the teacher says, pay attention. Pay attention to me when I'm talking. Pay attention when I'm teaching. So why does the teacher tell the student who's staring out a window to pay attention? Why pay? Pay implies a price. Pay implies a cost. Pay implies giving something of value. It implies that there is something that we can lose or something we should give up. And it's that sense of loss that keeps us from paying attention to the things that deserve our attention and are the best for us. The reason you don't pay attention to your health is because doing so will cost you something now. You have to give up your time in the bed in the morning and go to the gym. And no one likes going to the gym. It's, it's horrible. You're working out. You feel like you're about to die. Then the next day you're sore as ever. So you're like, why did I give up a, a perfectly good hour of rest to go do that? Or you've got to give up bacon. And who wants to give up bacon? If you give up bacon now, you'll live 20 years. But why would you want to live 20 extra years without bacon? And so you, you have to weigh these decisions. Am I going to give up something I want to do now for something that's going to be better for me later? The reason some people don't pay attention to their kids is because it feels like a payment. They would be forced to give up something else. They would be forced to give up their hobbies or their, their, their free time or their, 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 their things they want to do for themselves. And so these other things, these Netflix and all this stuff that grab our attention, we'd rather do that instead of spending time with our children, it is this cost associated with paying attention to the right things that make it so hard to do. So when we pay for something, we expect to get something of equal or greater value in return. And that's exactly what happens when you pay attention to the right things. If you have a high school or college diploma, it's because you paid attention during class instead of allowing something else to grab your attention. And we are forced with this, this grab our attention versus pay attention dynamic in every area of our life, in every path that we are on. And we have a choice to either pay attention to the things that we should 
pay attention to or let something grab our attention and get, a, get us off course. We can pay attention to our finances or we can let these shiny things grab our attention and suddenly we're in debt and we have credit cards and, we have, and we're, we're financially insecure. Why? Because we had a plan, but we didn't pay attention to what we wanted. We let something else grab our attention. You can pay attention to your relationships and, and build your relationships and help your relationships, or you can let something grab your attention and ignore your relationships. You can do this in your spiritual life. You can pay attention to your walk with God. And look, I get it. I'm a pastor. I am paid to be a great Christian. I'm not. I'm just going to let you all know right from the get-go, I ain't. I'm like Paul. I'm the chief as a sinner. Paul's like, I'm the chief as a sinner. I'm like, Paul, I got you beat, dog. You ain't done nothing on me. But I understand walking consistently with God, it's not hard to do. It's just it's reading your Bible and praying and, and filling your spirit with things. But it's, there's other things that grab our attention so fast. Oh, I'd, I'd rather spend a couple, you know, and it's, it, it, I've gone down the rabbit hole. You can all, I'd rather spend my morning three hours or two hours or an hour and a half on Facebook or Instagram, or YouTube, or, or I watch TV, or, or I sleep late. And I, I'd rather do these other things instead of dedicating the time it takes to have a strong walk with God. We should pay attention to our walk with God, but let other things grab our attention. In every area of your life, things are competing for your attention. There are people and things that can grab our attention and take them away from the things that we should be paying attention to. But the problem is the cost of disentangling ourselves from these unhealthy relationships and activities, it seems too high. I don't want to give that up and do what I should be doing. At the same time, the benefits associated with paying attention to the right things seem so far off that they don't seem worth it. Man, if I pay attention to really pouring into my kids, one day I'll have incredible kids who they're wonderful adults who love Jesus they come in their joy to be around and their joy to serve but that's that's 10 12 13 80 100 years down the road right now these brats are getting on my nerves and I just want to pay attention to something else if I pay attention to my health now and I and I run although I've told you the Bible says the the wicked run when no man pursueth so if you're a jogger you better pay someone to chase you otherwise you're wicked I'm just telling you scripture but I can pay attention to jogging. I can pay attention to what I eat. I can pay attention to what I, what I uh, put in my body and how I exercise. And later down the road, when I'm older, I'll be healthier and I'll feel better and I'll live longer. Or I can just stop and get a double cheeseburger with bacon. The shiny, and look, I've made the choice, obviously, double cheeseburger with bacon. <clears throat> These things grab our attention. And so we continue to live our lives captive to the things they grabbed our attention. This struggle is so real that it is addressed numerous times in the Bible. In fact, every biblical author addresses this subject. Every biblical author addresses the subject of paying attention to the right things or allowing the wrong things to grab our attention. Over and over and over, God reminds us that the things we give our attention to direct our lives. Moses talked about it in the book of Deuteronomy. 
In this book, Israel, they're about to enter the promised land and take the promised land that God had promised to Abraham hundreds of years ago. And they'd been wandering the wilderness for 40 years, waiting on. And so now they're about to enter the promised land to grab the land and conquer the land that God's given them. But before they moved in, God gave them a system of laws to live by. And when he finished giving them the laws to live by, to govern how they treated each other, how they treated foreigners, how they worshipped them. He gave them, he told them this. He says, wherefore, he says, wherefore it shall come to pass, God is saying, if you pay attention to the laws and the, and the principles I've given you, and you are careful to follow them, then your life will end up good. You'll end up at the destination you want to end up at, which is me keeping the promise I made to Abraham so many years ago. Or you can pay attention to these other things and end up somewhere you don't want to. See, God knew that once Israel settled the land, that their attention would be grabbed by these other things that these pagan nations had. And they would be, and they would have their attention grabbed by the lives of the surrounding nations. He knew that there were elements of the pagan cultures that would grab their attention. So he told them, pay attention to the path you are on when you're walking with me. Pay attention to your relationship with God. Because if you pay attention to the right path, you'll end up at the destination you want. But if you allow your attention to be grabbed by these other things, it's going to cause pain. And if you know your Bible, you know Israel didn't listen. They allowed their attention to be grabbed by these other, other nations, and they suffered captivity and pain and plagues, and all because they allowed their attention to be grabbed by something that it shouldn't have. Years later, David talked about it in Psalms 119. Look what he says in Psalms 119. He says, make me go... Vanity means worthless things. So here's what David is praying. David is praying, God, please keep my eyes off of worthless things so they don't grab my attention and get me off the path that you have for my life. Why? Because he knew that if he allowed his attention to be grabbed by these worthless things, he'd start drifting in their direction. Look at how he ended in verse 37. And quicken thou, quicken thou me in thy way. He didn't want to end up at some stage in his life, and think, how in the world did I get here? So he asked God to keep his eyes fixed on things that mattered, to preserve his life by keeping his attention off of worthless things. Solomon spoke about it too in our text verse, in uh, chapter 4, verse 37. Don't allow yourself to be distracted by things that have the potential to grab your attention away from what you should be paying attention to. Keep your eyes straight ahead and don't allow your attention to be diverted at other places. Decide ahead of time to pay attention to those things that deserve your attention. Jesus also taught this principle in Matthew 22. Matthew 6, 22. The light of the body is the eye.
obviously. So if you were to go somewhere at night, you would have to carry a torch or a lantern. And if you've ever camped and used a lantern to guide yourself, you know it doesn't give the best light. You've got to hold it out in front of you because the further you hold it out in front of you, the more you can see down the path that you're walking on. So there, what Jesus is saying here is the light leads the way. So Jesus is saying your eye or what you see, what you gaze at, what you pay attention to is the lantern of your life. What you look at is what's going to lead your way. So as your body follows the light in the dark, so your entire life follows whatever your eye is focused on. So with that in mind, look at the second part. He goes, if therefore thy eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Now the word single there doesn't mean you only got one eye. It doesn't mean you're a cyclops. Single means good, wholesome, pure, and healthy. Light, of course, in the Bible is used to sow something good or something divine. So Jesus is saying, if your eyes are focused on good things, then your life will go in a good direction. But if your eyes are focused on bad things, you'll be led towards things that hurt you. You'll be led towards places you don't want to go. So for good or for bad, the things you pay attention to establishes your direction, which determines your destination. Now look, some of you may be here this morning, and you're thinking, oh man, my cousin needs to hear this. My, my, my brother needs to hear this. My, my spouse needs to hear this. I hope they're paying attention because they need to hear this. Look, don't worry about them. Worry about the only person who really needs to hear this, and that person is you. Every one of us needs to understand this truth. So since we steer our lives towards people or things that capture our attention, we need to know what to give our attention to. We need to know what we are supposed to focus on. Even if you don't think you need to make any changes, you need to know who or what is directing your life. Now, you probably haven't thought of them as anything but distractions, but they they aren't just distractions. They are directing your life. They are functioning as the light on your path, so you need to know what they are. So we need to ask ourselves, has anything or anyone grabbed your attention, grabbed your affection in a way that is distracting you from things that truly deserve your attention? And we need to look at our life and decide what has God given us that, needs, that deserves our attention. Look, if you're married, your spouse deserves your attention. If you're a parent, your children deserve your attention. If you're a Christian, your walk with God deserves your attention. So you need to look at these areas and say, hey, is there anything that's distracting me from being the best parent I can be that's distracting me from raising my kids like I should and and giving them the the things they need to give them? If it is, we need to say, this is what I should not be paying attention to. I need to pay attention to this. Is there something that's distracting me from from spending time with my wife? Because look, here's the thing, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, too many of us, We spend all of our energy and all of our time courting our spouses, dating them. We want to make sure that they they fall in love with us, and we'll spend time and money, and we'll date all the time, and we'll just woo them, and then we marry them, and then we stop dating them. That's stupid. 
Especially you get kids. You need to date them more with kids. Why? Because you both need to get away and have some sanity time with just you and talk about how the kids are just driving me nuts. Well, let's focus on them. You need to focus on your relationship with your spouse. You need to focus on your relationship with God. So we need to say, what has begun to grab our attention to drift off course? So each of us need to examine our life. What is grabbing your attention away from your spouse? And as I'm saying this, some of you, it's popped in your head. What's grabbing your attention away from raising your kids like God would have you? What's grabbing your attention away from your, having your finances the way you want to have them? What's grabbing your attention away from your walk with God? Ask God to help you identify them and take your focus off of those things and put them back on the road. Just like David, say, God, keep my eyes on the path that, that I need to be on and don't let my attention be grabbed by worthless things. So as we've seen over and over, your direction determines your destination in life. And your direction is determined by what has your attention. So what has your attention? Is it raising God-fearing children and making sure you take care of your, yourself and your desires? Is it building a strong relationship with your wife or your, your husband or things that keep you from home and keep you busy and keep you neglecting your relationship? Is it developing a strong walk with God or is it living your life for yourself? As your attention goes, so goes your life. So make sure your attention is given to the right things.